Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, we are so excited uh, tonight to be jumping into a brand new series. And by the way, for those of you who are watching online, uh, for the first time in a long time, I'm not alone in the room. <laughs> now, what, what you don't see is they all have masks on, uh, but, but their, their shouts are just like a, a choir of angels tonight. So thank you uh, for being here. And those of you who are watching online, you can join with us next week. You can jump online and uh, reserve tickets to be with us in person. And right now, again, whether you're watching online or whether you're right here in the room, I want to encourage you, if you have not yet downloaded the Life Center app, I want to ask that you would do that right now. Here's, here's why. Um, at the conclusion of the message, we are all, can you say all? We are all going to be using it for something specific. So if you have a smartphone, you have yet to download the Life Center app, jump on whatever app store your device has, download it. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later. We're going to be putting some new things into play. But tonight we begin a brand new series entitled Pause. We're going to take the next number of weeks and look into the book of Psalms uh, in the Old Testament and so if you have your Bibles, you can get those ready. In a moment, we're going to look together to Psalm 34. But, but here's what I want us to know. A pause can be powerful. Do you believe that? Do you know that a pause in life, it can be powerful? Now, growing up, the TV that my family had when I was a little guy, the TV that we had was part TV and it was part furniture. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The TV that we had in my house, it was, it was part TV, but it was framed in this big wooden box. And it, it kind of was something that you would actually dust. You would use pledge on. You would set decorations on top of. We, the, the TV wasn't just a TV. It was a furniture. How many know what I'm talking about? And there was a lot of things that this TV did. You could, you could watch sports. You could watch cartoons if you wanted to change the channel. You could walk up to it and turn the dial and change the channel. There's a lot of things that this TV did. There was one thing that this TV didn't do. It did not pause. There was no ability to pause. So an important conversation shows up. Guess what? You can't pause your favorite sitcom. You're right in the middle of, of a, your favorite cartoon. I've learned from experience. You're, you're in the middle of your favorite cartoon, and all of a sudden there's a vital chore that needs to get done for you. You can't push pause on the cartoon. No, that TV, you see, here's the reality. My kids will never understand the struggle. They'll never understand the world that some of us grew up in, right? A pause can be powerful. Some of us, we've recognized this. We've learned this in life. We, we engage in important conversations. And what do we do? We hit pause on the radio. We hit pause on the TV. We hit pause on the movie. Why? Because it creates space to engage. You see, here's what a pause does. A pause creates an opportunity to reflect, to hear, 
to rest, to ponder, to consider, to, in essence, simply hold that thought. You see, if you're needing to hear something clearly, what do you do? You, you often need to hit pause. And I, I want us to consider this question. What in your life has the ability to make you hit pause? What in your life ha- has the ability to actually make you hit pause? Just, just for a moment. I'm not talking about hitting pause for a week. I'm, I'm talking about a moment. What, what has that power? For some of us, it takes a crisis. For some of us, it, it takes conflict in order to, to hit the pause and go, okay, hold on, time out. We need to have a conversation. For some of us, it's been this thing called COVID. You know what I'm talking about. Where things that were going nonstop in life, things that we thought were so important, all of a sudden, COVID created this moment where many of us, we, we hit pause on some of the things that we saw life so critical with. What is it that creates an opportunity for you to hit pause. For some, it's, it's when injustice finally comes to the surface. For some, it's when, when that crisis finally hits your family or that financial challenge shows up. But I think the question is important. What has the ability to help you hit pause? See, as we journey through the book of Psalms, what is Psalms? Well, if you have your Bibles, you, you can turn there. It's about halfway through your Bible. It's about midway. It's in the Old Testament. So for those of you who are newer to Scripture, it's about halfway through. And the book of Psalms is simply this. It's 150 songs and poems that were written that express a variety of circumstances and a variety of emotions. So as you walk through the book of Psalms, you're going to see moments where people seem happy and there's like all this joy. And then you'll read Psalms like this. God, break their teeth. Deal with them. Now, I know we're we're too spiritual tonight to actually admit that we've ever said anything like that to to God. But there's all of this variety of emotion that gets expressed through the Psalms. But that word Psalms, it it reinforces this idea of songs. In fact, the the Greek or the Hebrew word rather for this title was the word tehillim, which simply means praise. The reason why the Hebrew was referred to as praise is these psalms were used in public worship settings. There was a corporate aspect to reading these out loud, singing these out loud, engaging with the message of what was being shared. And one of the things that we see throughout these 150 chapters, these 150 different poems and songs, there's this continued idea that shows up again and again of pause. Pause. In fact, the word that's used is the word selah. And so often you'll be reading through the Psalms and and you'll see this little statement and it'll say, Selah, and here's what that means. It it was this call to, in the moment of what you just said, in the moment of what was just expressed, pause, ponder, think about it, consider it, meditate on it, focus on that. Don't, Don't rush past that. In other words, don't just keep on going. Don't treat it like it's the old TV that is somewhat furniture and somewhat a TV and you can't actually hit pause. No, pause and let that sink 
Not only that, as the different psalmists are writing, they find themselves in moments where they themselves are hitting pause and they're either looking back to the faithfulness of God, they're looking forward to his deliverance, they're looking forward to the day when he will set all things straight. There's this sense of pause that we see time and again throughout the book of Psalms. You see, as we engage with the Psalms over the coming weeks, it's an opportunity for us to pause. Here's why I believe this is important. Listen, a life without a pause is a life that will lack accurate perspective. A life without pause is a life that lacks accurate perspective. Here's why. Your perspective is always determined by the speed or the movement you are currently moving in. You ever driven by something and you were sure that it looked a certain way, but then when you simply stood and looked at that whatever it was, maybe it was a building, maybe it was a tree, it looks radically different when you're not in motion, doesn't it? See, that's what a pause does for us. It it actually puts things in perspective. And so a life without a pause is a life that will lack accurate perspective. When life has no pause, listen to this, when life has no pause, we mistake, we make the mistake of finding our identity and our purpose in our momentum. When life has no pause, we make the mistake of finding our identity, our value, our purpose in our momentum. In other words, we, we get moving, we get going, we get, and all of a sudden, because we're always in motion, we never slow down, we never pause for a moment to consider who am I? in light of who God is. See, the Psalms, again and again, call the reader to to pause, to reflect, to consider. See, here's the problem with, with just being in this constant state of motion and then finding our purpose or our identity in that momentum is that we as humans are more than what we do. You as a human, you who are are watching from home, you are more than just what you do. See, God sees value not for what you do, but simply for who you are. But if we're always in motion, if we never hit pause and slow down and consider who we actually are, we can miss the very key thing that God is wanting to speak to us. See, when we neglect the call to pause, we confuse motion with productivity. How many of you have ever been there? When you neglect the call to pause, you, you, you look around and you ever get, got to the end of your day and somebody was like, man, how was your day? And you're like, man, it was busy. And they say, well, what did you do? And you're like, I don't know. I, I just know I did a lot. I, I don't know what I actually accomplished. I just know I was moving all day. I know somebody has experienced that. Somebody's gotten to the end of your week where you are dog tired. You can't wait for a day to take a breath. And somebody goes, well, what did you get done this week? And you're like, I don't know. I just did a lot of it. And they're like, a lot of what? And you're like, I don't know. You see, when we neglect the call to pause, we we can be guilty of confusing motion with productivity. But here's what we have to come back to. The life of following Jesus includes the development of fruit. And if I never pause, 
If I never allow those moments to inspect the fruit and inspect the connection, the problem is I can be always frantically moving, thinking that I'm actually being productive, but I'm not being productive. I'm just always in motion. And so as the psalmist calls us in the midst of corporate worship, as the psalmist calls us to to rest and consider and pause and reflect, I think it's fitting for us in a moment like this that we're in to to consider what some of the words speak to us. And tonight I, I want us to dive into Psalm chapter 34. Psalm chapter 34. And tonight we're we're going to look at the first 10 verses of this psalm. And here's what we're going to do. We're we're going to listen and look for an opportunity of what they would speak to us and how it would call us to maybe pause and consider some things. Are you with me? Here we go. Psalm chapter 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. Can you say all times? Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, I will bless the Lord when things are going according to my plans. I will bless the Lord as long as life is happening just as I had imagined it with my five-year plans. Can I tell you, for those of you who you you spent so much time last year on that five-year plan, it just got blown up, didn't it, by this thing called COVID. But notice, notice what the psalmist calls us to do. I will bless the Lord when? At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him, I love this, are radiant. Oh, I love that. I love how the NLT, the New Living Translation says this, those who look to him are radiant with joy. It says those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Verse 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is mediocre. No, it doesn't say that. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his servants, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer and want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Now listen, tonight as, as we read those words, you hear those words, you might go, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That's inspiring, Tyler. Wow, that's great. Allow me to, to give you some background of why David wrote those words. David He went on the run from King Saul. He was fleeing for his life. And he ended up in a region known as Gath. And he shows up and he's hoping to to avoid Saul and Saul's kind of rage against him. Saul wanted to take his life. And David, he's found out by the men, the rulers of Gath. And these men bring David before the king. And the men remind the king in Gath, hey, 
Do you remember the song that they used to sing about this guy named David? They used to sing this song. Saul had killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. In other words, the men of Gath were very concerned that David is not there to see his life spared. He's actually there to overthrow their region. And so what does David do? Well, David's caught in this place going, I I thought I was running away from trouble and I ran right into trouble. How many of you have ever been there? I thought I was actually fleeing for my life and now my life is at stake. And so what does David do? David begins to act crazy. I'm not making this up. It's in 1 Samuel. David literally begins to act like he's insane. Now, how many of you know after COVID, that's not that far-fetched? Some of you, that'll, that'll minister to you later on. He, he literally begins to play like he's out of his mind. He begins writing on the gate, writing on the walls. In fact, Scripture says this, that he allowed drool to just begin to go down his beard. Come on, some of you, I'm describing last weekend right now, aren't I? We just feel like life is crazy. I don't know if I can take this anymore, but here's David. He's, he's playing like he's insane, and God allows that moment to turn the heart of that king, and he pushes David away saying, get this madman out of here. David's life is spared. And it's in light of that circumstance, it's in light of that situation that David begins to lift up this praise and say, man, those who look to the Lord are radiant. It's interesting, he says, no shadow of shame will cover their face. Now, think about the shame that was on his face just a moment ago. Drool coming down his beard, looking like a crazy man. But David understood something important. When when we pause to consider the goodness of God and the ability that he has to deliver us from challenging situations and circumstances, friends, everything, everything changed. Tonight, listen, in light of these 10 verses, there's there's four pause questions that I want us to ask. So I'm going to share four questions. Four questions tonight that in light of taking a pause, in light of what we read in these first 10 verses, let's pause and consider a few things. Number one is this, pause and ask, what time is it? Pause and ask, what time is it? In life, as you continue down the journey, as you approach next week or next month, pause and ask, what time is it? In verse one, David says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. So when we ask the question, what what time is it? Let me tell you what time it is. It's always time to bless the Lord. It's always time. Well, Tyler, you don't understand what's going on in my workplace. I know I don't, but I can tell you it's still time to bless the Lord. Tyler, I don't know what's going to happen with our nation. I don't know what's going to happen with the spread of COVID. Listen, I don't know either, but I can tell you this. It's time to bless the Lord. Tyler, I don't understand all the dynamics of going on around racial injustice and all the pain that some are feeling. I don't know all of the answers, but friend, I can tell you this. I know what time it is. It's time to bless the Lord. David's David's calling the worshipers to consider for a moment. Here, I'm going to bless the Lord, not when it's convenient. I'm not going to bless the Lord once I can finally do it without a mask. Hello. Hello. 
I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm gonna bless the Lord at all times. You see, whose benefit, we have to stop and pause and consider for a moment, whose benefit is the blessing for? We just sang a song tonight at the beginning. We were, we were making this declaration. If you said it, we believe it. And here was the declaration. Because you're a man of your word. I love that song, by the way. You're a man of your word. Did you know that God hasn't forgotten that? Do you know that we weren't singing that to remind God, hey, just in case you forgot, you're a man of your word. And God's going, oh, thank you. God, God has not forgotten his character. God has not forgotten his nature. We don't sing this for his purpose. Listen, the declaration, why the Psalms call us to declare these things is so that we ourselves are reminded, our heart motivations are transformed. And so at the end of the day, we have to come back. And when we ask this question, as we pause, what time is it I'm here to remind us? It's always time to bless the Lord. It's always time. You know what? It's, it's easy to bless the Lord when that unexpected refund check shows up. It's easy to bless the Lord when the, the boss responded the way you wanted them to respond. It's easy to bless the Lord when your children, for no reason, just run up to you and say, Mother, Father, what can I do to bless you? <laughs> Which never happens, right? Right, that, that doesn't often happen. Listen, it's easy to bless the Lord in certain times, but that's not what the psalm calls us to pause and consider. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. So pause and ask, what time is it? Second question, pause and ask, what am I magnifying? Pause and ask, what am I magnifying? I love that verse three says this. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. See, here's what I want us to recognize. Here's what I want us to understand. What you magnify in your life will get bigger. That's the most underwhelming statement I could ever say. What you magnify in your life, it's going to get bigger. You see, see point in case, listen, whatever we, we choose to, to magnify, to, to put up to a magnifying process, it, it's going to get bigger in life. So what do we do? Some of us lately, we, we've been what? We've been magnifying the headlines, we see, we see a headline over here, and man, we, we are continually making the headlines bigger and bigger. And it's not that the headlines don't matter, it's just the problem is when you magnify something bigger than the place of God in your life. See, what is it that you're magnifying? Some of us, we, we magnify this, this thing called social media. So we're, we're, we're fluent in the headlines, we're fluent. I mean, we, we know all of the realities in social media land. 
But notice what the psalmist calls us to magnify. He says, oh, magnify the Lord. You see, the more that you begin to magnify your problems, the more that you magnify your pain, it doesn't mean that your problems don't matter. It doesn't mean that your pain doesn't matter. Listen, your pain matters to God. Your pain matters to this place called Life Center. But the reality is, is that if we just magnify that and we don't also at the same time choose to fix our eyes on Jesus and magnify him, friends, we can lose sight of his strength and his ability. Some of us, we, we magnify the, the sin that we're trying to avoid in life. Maybe you found yourself in a time or a season, a place where you say to yourself, okay, stop doing that, whatever it is. Maybe it's gossip, maybe it's lust, maybe it's greed. And you say, okay, today, today I'm not going to be mean. And so you wake up first thought in the morning, okay, I'm not gonna be mean, I'm not gonna be mean, I'm not gonna be mean, I'm not gonna be mean. And, and you're magnifying this thought, the very thing that you're trying to avoid, what are you doing? You are making it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Do you know that's not the solution to overcoming that? The solution is to, to magnify Jesus. That's why the New Testament, Hebrews says this, we, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So if you, if you want to overcome that sin that's been nagging you, stop magnifying that sin and start magnifying your Savior. Don't, don't just focus all of your energy on just that thing. No, focus your energy on the strength of your Savior, not the strength of that sin. Come on, he's the God who rose from the dead. And if he can do that, I guarantee you he has more than enough strength for you. What are you Magnifying. You see, the battle with magnification, it starts in the mind and the heart. It starts in the mind and the heart. See, what is it that we're dwelling on? What is it that we rehearse? What is it that we regurgitate? Some of us, we're, we're following Jesus, but, but we're continually magnifying the pain of the past. That person who failed you. That situation that let you down the thing that shouldn't have gone that way. And, and we, we magnify that and we focus on it, we dwell it, we, we regurgitate it, we recite it, we rehearse it over and over and over and over and over. And listen, hear me clearly, I'm not saying that as followers of Jesus, we should be uninformed. So this is, this is not me saying, hey, don't, don't read the headlines, don't read the paper. No, we should be informed. But here's the reality. I just believe at times we are more fluent and literate in the headlines than we are with Scripture. At times, we're, we're more fluent and literate with, with what's going on in, in social media and the world around us, and we miss the opportunity that God wants to bring in a moment of pause to consider, okay, God, what is it that I'm magnifying? What is it that you are calling me to magnify? You see, the power of a pause allows us, listen to me, it allows us to demagnify the things that are wrong and magnify the things that are right. It's the power of a pause. Here's the third question. Pause and ask, what am I actually seeking? Pause and ask, what am I actually seeking? Look at verse four. Once again, it says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. 
Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. What is it that you're actually seeking? See, are you looking for solutions, but looking for them at the wrong source? You're looking for solutions tonight. No doubt, we're all looking for something in this room. We're all looking for something that wherever we're sitting at home. We're, we're, we're looking for something. We, we look for solutions, but the challenge is if we're looking for those solutions, but we're going to the wrong source. See, some, they're, they're seeking deliverance without seeking the Lord. Some, we're, we're, we're looking for hope, but we're not actually going to the right spot to find it. Some of us, we're, we're looking for meaning. We're, we're looking for fulfillment. We're looking for peace. You see, the, the, this is the power of a pause. Listen, this is the power of a pause. I don't just seek answers. I seek the one who has the answers. I don't just seek comfort. I seek the one who is the comforter. I don't just seek peace. I seek Jesus, the, the prince of peace. See, the power of a pause, it helps me consider what is the solution that my heart is actually longing for? And how is it that I'm going to engage that? We will never find the right solution at the wrong source. We'll never find the right solution at the wrong source. And how many people, they're, they're looking for something, they're looking for hope, they're looking for deliverance, they're looking for freedom, they're looking for whatever is next. And friends, this psalm calls us to pause and consider once again where that freedom comes from, where that hope comes from, where that purpose comes from. And I love that David, he uses this word, the, they, their faces are radiant. In other words, they, they shine brightly. You ever met somebody and they are just radiant? Come on, you ever seen a newlywed couple? They're just walking hand in hand. They're just like, come on, Joe, you know what's up. They're just walking through life, and I mean, they're just like, they're beaming. You don't even have to tell them a joke, and they're just like, what are you doing with your hand, Tyler? That's me holding their, their hand, right? They're just always smart, always radiant, always joyful. How long has it been since you've had that type of radiance with Jesus? How long has it been since I've had that type of radiance? Because scripture declares this. It says, those who look to him are radiant. Not, it's not circumstantial. No, because why? He doesn't change. And so the more that I can fix my focus on him, the more that I can look at him, you see, I find this hope in Jesus. David says something so bold here. He says, their faces will never be ashamed. Think about the shame that was on his face when drool was running down. And he's thinking about that, going, man, that, that was done. You ever, like, you got home from a trip and they showed you the photos and you didn't know that you were acting that way or you didn't know that your hair looked like that or what it, fill in the blank, whatever it might be. And you're kind of like, okay, let's never revisit that. David, no doubt, is having one of those moments going, man, I, I did not think I looked like that. And yet, in light of looking to God for help, in light of God bringing him deliverance, what does he say? No shame on their faces. No shame. Tonight, you may look at your life, your circumstances, your track record, your decisions, 
how you've handled the last number of weeks, how you've handled the last number of months, how you're handling relationships that you're currently engaged in. And what do you see? Well, you, at some level, you, you kind of look at David and go, man, I, I feel like I'm the person with, with drool just kind of running down their face. Like, I, there's, there's a lot of reason to shame. But what I love about this psalm, those who look to the Lord are radiant. No shame. No shame on their face. It's the fourth and final question. Pause and ask, what am I currently experiencing? Currently. Not just what what have I experienced. I want you to pause and I want you to ask, what am I currently experiencing? See, in verse 8, it says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Are you currently experiencing his goodness? Or, or is, it, is it a distant memory? Is it, well, back, back then, when, when I gave my life to Jesus, when, when I was in that one church service, when, when I had that one moment, when, when there was that one opportunity. So here, I want to remind us, listen, it's impossible to really know God and withhold praise from Let me say that one more time. It's impossible for me to really know God, really know him, really understand him, really kind of understand the dynamic that that's like all powerful, all knowing everywhere at once and go, meh. It's impossible for me to, to really know him and withhold praise from him. See, that's why I think these words are so important. It says, taste and see. Think about that for a moment. When you taste something, it is personal. It's an experience. Tonight, I could stand up here and describe my daughter. She's been on this, like, cookie-making binge, which is just a horrible collision during COVID, right? But she's, like, making cookies all the time, and and these cookies are so good. And I could stand up here and describe how the mixture of chocolate with also the sea salt that she uses on it, it's just, like, the perfect texture. Some of you, your mouths, you're watering right now as I describe this. But no matter how good of a job I can describe it, it will never be a substitute for tasting it yourself. Listen, you could have a parent that loves Jesus and they, they prayed for you. You could have a grandparent that they just great, they did great things for God, but, but their experience will never be a substitute for you yourself tasting and seeing that God is good. So the question that I want us to pause and consider, what am I currently experiencing? Is Jesus, does he, does he still taste good? It's been a while since, since you've come face to face with, with the full flavor, the full reality. See, that call to taste and see, it's personal, and, and to see it, it's establishing a conviction inside of you. In other words, Life Center, can I encourage us to pause and to not just observe, but engage? When I talk about tasting and seeing, don't, don't just sit back and observe. No, what does it look like for you to pause and lean in in this moment? To taste and see that he is good. Don't settle for just a former experience where you say to yourself, you know what, he was good. 
No, no, no. Jesus is good. He's good. Well, Tyler, it doesn't feel very good right now. And listen, if you're in that place, I want to recognize I understand what you're saying. There's moments where it doesn't feel good, but this is why faith trumps our feelings because faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. God, you are still good even as I navigate this. Why? Because God, if you said it, we believe it. Why? Because you are a man of your word. You're a man of your word. Friends, listen. There is power in a pause. And I know that sometimes in the life in the world that we live, man, things just get going so fast. And, and even when we're doing things for God, sometimes we can be guilty of not slowing down and actually doing things with him. And that's where the call to draw away. When I, when I talk about a pause, I'm not asking us to be inactive. So if you, you hear, well, Tyler talked about pausing, and so I'm just going to pause for the next three months. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. When, I, when I'm talking out of the Psalms, listen, I'm just saying daily find some space to, to hit pause. Daily come back to this place and ask yourself, what time is it? Create some, some moments where you're able to pause and allow God to be God in your life. See, I'm reminding us that in the motion and in the movement of our days, make sure you create a pause. Create a pause. See, in the pause, we see the power that is a reality, that it's, it's always time. It's always time to bless the Lord. The pause, it's that power to, to recognize and remind myself what, what I magnify, what I focus on, what I dwell on, what I recite in my life, it's going to get bigger. So if you want that pain to get bigger, keep, keep dwelling on it. A little over a week ago, week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, I, I threw my lower back out. Can I tell you, there was only one thing on my mind. Ow! Like for 24 hours, ow! Laying on ice, ow! I was supposed to preach at church in the lot that night. I was like, Andy, ow! And Andy was like, no problem. You see, the reality though, the more that I focus on the pain, the bigger that the pain got in my life. What you magnify, it's gonna get bigger. If, if you want the right solution, make sure that you go to the right source. And you can experience, you can taste and see, I can experience, I can taste and see that the Lord is good. Tonight, listen, some of you, you're going to make the decision to put your trust in Jesus. You yourself, it's not just going to be a scripture for you anymore. You're, you're going to taste and see that Jesus is good. At the beginning of this talk, I asked you to, to grab your phone, your smartphone, if you have one, if you have a flip phone disregard. Uh, but if you have a smartphone, hopefully you've downloaded the Life Center app. And, and here's what we're going to do moving forward. You see, throughout this season of COVID, I, I've taken time to, to pause and look and consider, and God, what, what are the things that we need to begin to change and transform as, as a church community known as Life Center? And I want to remind you, we are entering a new day in a new season. And one thing that I'm asking each of us to consider each week, every time we gather and we open up scripture together, 
is I want all of us, whether you've been serving Jesus for three seconds or for three decades, I want us to ask the same question. What's my next step? In other words, in light of what I just heard, if if we believe God's word is truth and that, that he wants to speak to us, in other words, if we're gonna take time every weekend to do this, to magnify the word in our lives, then I think we should pause and ask the question, well, what what is my next step? And I want to remind you, listen, we, we all have next steps, myself included. We all have a next step. You see, through COVID, I, I realized that somehow we, we need to take this place in the people that we call Life Center. We, we need to move towards greater connection, not just greater consumption. Listen, I'm all, I'm all about showing up and, and receiving. I'm all about that. But, but we also have to move to greater levels of connection. And so the team has helped craft and put together. Every single week we will use this. It's, it's a digital next step. All right? So the team's going to put up a slide for you right here. And if you have the Life Center app, right on the, the main page, the very first thing, it says, next steps from the message. Tyler, where should I be looking? Next steps from the message. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Every week, all of us, I'm going to ask that all of us, whether you're watching online at home right now, or you're here in the room, in light of what we just heard from the message, we're, we're going to pause, we're going to consider, okay, what do I need to do next? Because we all have a next step. Tonight, I want to talk about a few of these options. Next step number one is this. You're making the decision to embrace new life by trusting in Jesus. In other words, you're turning from that old life and you're starting a new one through his grace and forgiveness. In other words, you're saying yes to Jesus. Maybe that's your next step. If so, check that box. Here's the second next step. I will pause and make intentional time. Come on, can you say intentional? How many know life can happen either by design or by default? Life by design is you going up the river. Life by default is just flowing down the river, right? In other words, I I will make intentional time to bless the Lord this week, creating space to, to tangibly thank him, praise him, and honor him for all he has done. Maybe that's your next step because maybe, maybe you, it's been a long time since you've created intentional space to make time to bless the Lord. Third next step, I will pause in order to demagnify the things that distract me and my faith and I will magnify the Lord this week. I will do this by and then fill in the blank. So how are you going to demagnify the distractions? How are you going to magnify? Go ahead and fill in the blank for yourself, but maybe that's your next step. Here's the fourth next step. I will be active and bold in my faith by inviting someone to join next weekend, whether in person or online. Do you know that there's people who are hungry for change right now? Do you believe that the message of the gospel still matters? And so I want us to to understand that God's grace comes to us, but it also works through us. And so he sends us from this place. We've said this now for well over a year before COVID ever hit. We don't just go to church. We are the church. It got really real the last 16 weeks. Amen. But here we are. We have an opportunity to be on mission with Jesus. 
So I want you right now, right there on your phone, go ahead and check one of those things. So today I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm going to create space. I'm going to demagnify distractions. I'm going to invite someone. Uh, maybe you need an, another next step, which is baptism. You've never been baptized in water, joining a serve team, engaging with a life group. There's a space there to share. Here's what God is doing in my life, and you can share your story. Just make sure to take a moment to take a next step. Why? Because we want to celebrate the journey. We want connection. We want connection. So can I pray? Would you join me right now? Listen, some of you, you're going to taste and see right now. And I want to pray for those of us who are making that next step, putting our trust in Jesus. Come on, if that's you tonight, would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you every day of my life. And Lord, I pray for other friends as they take next steps. Help us to demagnify the distractions. Help us to create intentional space and time this week to magnify you, to bless you, to honor you. Send us on assignment this week, whether it's with a coworker, a family member, a friend. Maybe we're going to invite somebody to watch with us online next week, whatever it may be. Lord, I pray that we would collectively take steps as we determine in our heart every day to create a moment where we pause and we get our attention back on you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.